Well, good morning, Orchard Hills. Thanks so much for being with us today in a way that we have not been together in a long time um, through a fully virtual online Sunday service. Uh, so thanks for tuning in from wherever you're watching this morning, and we're thankful that we get to worship with you in this way. So welcome to our service. Well, this month we are doing a series on who we are as a church, uh, and not just as uh, a church in general, but specifically who we are as Orchard Hills Church. So two weeks ago, Scott kicked us off uh, by uh, going through our mission statement, which is people investing in people for eternity. And then last week, uh, Scott preached on our method statement, which is how we accomplish that mission. Um, and the method statement is come, grow, go. And he focused on the first of those words. Uh, and he talked about in John 1, how Jesus was inviting his disciples to come and see, to not just um, exchange some information or learn something about him, but to come and see who he was, to come and have a relationship with him. And so today, we're going to be looking at the next word in our method statement, which is grow. Now, this topic of growth is, is huge, and we could, we could do a whole sermon series on this idea, um, what it looks like to grow spiritually, what it looks like to grow in Christ. Um, but today, we're going to focus specifically on what it looks like to grow together, together. And so <clears throat> this, is where, this is where we're going today. This is what um, I want us to walk away convinced of. Uh, I just want to put all the cards on the table and, and tell you where we're going. And that's this. We cannot be all that God wants us to be. We cannot experience the fullness of who God is. And we cannot grow spiritually into mature followers of Jesus on our own. But we can only do those things as much as we grow in Christ together. As much as we grow together. So, let's get into our passage of Scripture for the day. Um, we are in the book of Ephesians, which is a letter from Paul um, to the people of the city of Ephesus, specifically to the church at Ephesus that Paul had helped plant uh, some years prior. And this letter um, is beautiful. It, it digs into the mystery of who God is. Um, it displays the beauty of the gospel that God became a man, that he lived and and died and rose um, so that we could have life with him. Uh, but it also talks a lot about the identity of the church and who we are as God's people. Um, so when we talk about the church, we're not just talking about um, like the, uh, the institution of the church or different denominations or um, anything like that. But what we're talking about is the church, the people of God throughout history all over the world who belong to Jesus Christ. Uh, and so that's what we're going to look at today. And in this specific passage of Ephesians, Paul is painting this picture for us, um, a picture of what it looks like to grow in Jesus together. Um, so I'm going to share a few thoughts, and then we're going to hear from um, Sam and Lindsay Belcher, and they're going to kind of uh, put some, just in flesh, what we are, are talking about and seeing here in Ephesians 4. So we're in Ephesians chapter 4, um, verses 11 through 16. 
Paul writes, And he, that is God, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up, excuse me, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Let's pray, and then we'll keep going. Well, Lord Jesus, um, you um, are so good to us. You're so kind to not only invite us uh, to come and know you and, and have a relationship with you, um, but also to, to grow us in you, to not leave us as we are, to not leave us in our brokenness, but to want us to grow up in you together. Um, so Lord, I just pray that you'd help us to, to catch a vision for that this morning. I pray that you'd help us to get excited about that. Um, Holy Spirit, would you use uh, the Word of God to um, convict us, to challenge us, and uh, just to change us from the inside out like only you can do. Lord, we love you, um, and we give you this time. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're here in Ephesians 4, and, and Paul has painted this picture for us of what it looks like to grow together. Um, And the primary metaphor that Paul is using, the primary word picture, is the metaphor of a body. A body, which is great because we all have one, um, so it's a pretty relatable metaphor. And here, uh, Paul is saying that the church, God's people all over the world, are the body of Christ. So what does that mean? Um, It's kind of a a churchy phrase, uh, but what does that actually mean? Well, first off, it means that you are not in charge, um, which is pretty good news. Um, and what it also means is that Scott is not in charge, which is uh, pretty great news. Um, but ultimately what it means is that first and foremost, Jesus is in charge. Jesus is the head of this body that you and I are all a part of called the church. Jesus is the head of the church. He's the one in charge. He calls the the shots. And even though we are called to submit to good godly leadership, even Scott, um, it is Scott's call and the call of all of us to submit to the leadership of Christ. He's the head of the church. So, So what else does it mean that we're the body of Christ? Well, it means that if you're a part of the body, then you're essential. You are essential. Have you noticed that you don't really have a lot of body parts that are useless? Like everything kind of needs to be there or has a purpose. Um, Your hair, your teeth, your arms, your legs, you kind of need all those to function. Um, And this this is deliberate. God made us deliberately. Each of our body parts has a role, has a function, and without it, uh, we would, would be struggling to function in the way that we were made to. Losing a part of our body uh, hinders our day-to-day 
functioning significantly. And if not all of the parts are there and working properly, then we can't do what we were made to do. We can't do what we are called to do. And I believe it's the same way with the church. If you are a part of the body of Christ, then you are absolutely essential to its healthy functioning. You have something to do and be that that no one else does. You have a role to play that only you can. And when you don't show up, if your part of the body isn't working properly, as, as Paul says in verse 16, then the whole body suffers. So this means two things. One, if you, and this is encouraging, if you are a part of Christ's body, then you are, are both needed and necessary. You have a role here. You're not insignificant. You're not subpar. Uh, there's not more important parts and less important parts. We're all essential. And so you, if you're part of Christ's body, have a role. You have a purpose here. And number two, and and this is a little more sobering, if you aren't showing up, if you're not functioning properly, like Paul says, if you're not functioning the way that God designed you to, then we all suffer. We all suffer. If one part, if even your, your left pinky toe is hurting, then the whole body isn't thinking about the healthy parts, it's thinking about that hurting pinky toe. And so when one part is struggling, or not functioning properly, then the whole body suffers. And so what this means, what this means is that your faith is personal, but it is not private. Your faith is personal, but it is not private. And, and while we rightly emphasize and encourage you to have a personal, vibrant relationship with Jesus, that is a good and right thing, um, we want you to know that your faith is not something that happens in a vacuum. You're, you're not following Jesus, and it's just you and Jesus, and it doesn't matter or affect anyone else. Your sin and your obedience both affect the rest of us. When you and I run from God, when we turn our backs on Him, when we do what He's asked us not to do, then it affects the whole body. You're not the only one that gets hurt, but it hurts all of us. But also, when you and I obey God and delight in Him and listen to Him and do what He says, then everybody benefits. Everyone is encouraged and blessed. We all fall and rise together. We are all connected. We're all connected. We all matter. Unless you're an appendix, which I don't know why we have that body part, but (laughs) I'm just joking. None of you guys are an appendix. Um, so what else do we see here in this passage? Well, notice in verses 12 and 13 that Paul says, um, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So Paul is saying that God gave essentially the leaders of the church, um, some certain people with certain giftings uh, to help lead the rest of the body to build them up, to equip them so that all of us can do the work of ministry. So that all of us can do the work of ministry. And ministry, it's another kind of churchy word, but it just means service. And so God has given us leaders to equip us and build us up in order for all of us to serve God, to serve each other in the church, and to serve a lost and broken world. And so what does this mean? It means that it's not the job 
of only the church staff to do the work of ministry. It's the saints' job to do the work of ministry. Um, in the Bible, in the Bible, the, the saints um, are not some elite group of people that were super holy and are now dead. Um, the saints are not members of the football team from New Orleans. Um, but the saints are everybody that belongs to Jesus. And so what we see here is that all members are ministers. Every part of the body has a role to play. All saints are servants and have a role and a calling on their life to use their, their gifts and talents for God's purposes and God's glory. Now, there's one more thing I want us to see here in Ephesians, and then, then we'll hear from the Belchers. <clears throat> Notice what the goal is that Paul says in verses 13 and 14. Um, he says, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. So Paul says the goal, the goal of all this building and ministering and equipping is that we would together reach maturity. And what is Paul's standard for maturity? What is, what is the measuring stick that Paul is using? He's saying it's the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Paul is saying that God wants you and I to be nothing less than everything that Jesus is. To be like Jesus in this world, to be mature disciples, to be healthy followers of him, to be people who live, love, and lead just like him. That's what God has called us to, to be everything that Christ is, but we cannot do that without each other. You and I cannot be everything that Christ is alone. We need each other. God has called us to this together. Together. And Paul says that if we aren't working together properly, if we're not being equipped and unified and built up, then the result is that we remain children. We remain spiritual infants who can't even discern what is true. We're tossed to and fro by the waves of um, the newest fad or the latest trend or the most recent TikTok challenge or uh, the news site that only says what we want to hear or the pastor who only encourages us and never challenges us. We don't know what the truth is. We're just spiritual children. And so church, we need each other. We need each other. We need to live in vibrant, growing, healthy, Christ-centered community. And so, over the past few years, um, I have had the privilege of experiencing that kind of community with my friends, Sam and Lindsay Belcher. A couple of years before they moved to Botetat in 2019, uh, Sam and Lindsay were recently married and living in a little place called Taswell, Virginia. Um, and Taswell is in southwest Virginia. You might think Roanoke's in southwest Virginia, but this is south and west Virginia. Um, and Sam and Lindsay were both working as staff people um, and area directors for Young Life. Uh, that's an organization we talk about a lot. It's a, a ministry that shares good news with um, high schoolers and middle schoolers. And so Sam and Lindsay dove into these, these 
jobs that had a lot of responsibility, um, and they also began to experience the pressures of being newly married, um, and they quickly began to find themselves isolated and disconnected from community and struggling. Um, and so I'm going to invite them up to share about their experience and how they found healing and some good, healthy growth through their time at Orchard Hills. Welcome. Thank you. Sam and Lindsay. Thank you. I'm going to grab a stool here as well. Man, thanks so much for, uh, yeah, being willing to share some of your story and be vulnerable and help others grow through hearing what you have to say. Yeah, for sure. So as Sutton said, we were on Young Life staff in Tazewell, Virginia. Um, as you alluded to, it is far southwest Virginia. Um, it's a small, cold town. Um, coal used to be there. It's not there anymore. And so the area is kind of depressed uh, and struggling. Anyway, so we felt called into ministry after college and um, answered that call, went on Young Life staff, and they placed us in Tazewell, my wife in Richlands. Mm -hmm. um, there were a lot of new things uh, that hit us very quickly. We moved far away from our families. We didn't know anyone. We'd never been married before, <laughs> so that was pretty new. The challenge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and there were new jobs um, that were difficult. Uh, also, coming into marriage, we brought patterns of sin that we either didn't know about or were trying to handle on our own. Um, that added challenge to what we were doing. Along with that, pretty early on into our time in Tazewell, I began to struggle with my mental health. I didn't know what was wrong, but I knew that something was wrong. So on top of that, kind of following all of that, Lindsay and I made a huge mistake. And that mistake was that we tried to do it alone. We didn't invite people into our mess. We didn't say, hey, we need help. We listened to shame and not God. God talks about living transparently and inviting others in and living alongside people in community. Uh, and we didn't choose to do that. So it made things worse and worse for us. Um, eventually, my mental health continued to decline and just get progressively worse. So there was a point in time when I wasn't really following Jesus, I wasn't being a husband, and I wasn't doing my job. Um, following that, uh, Lindsay, through a lot of coaxing, got me to go to a psychiatrist appointment. Um, from there, I got diagnosed with bipolar disorder. I had to come off of Young Life staff to recover. I couldn't handle the pressures of the job while I was getting back on my feet. Um, so that's where we left Haswell. We were angry, we were hurting, and our marriage was hanging on by a thread. Hmm. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, so what, um, how did the Lord bring you out of that, and, and what has it looked like to, uh, yeah, to have community come alongside you and help you grow and, and build you back up? Yeah. Yeah, so as Sam described, it was a pretty tumultuous time. Um, I think the key word there was that we were doing it alone, uh, and that really shame and embarrassment and a little bit of humiliation kept yeah. us quiet, really, um, aside from a few close friends who were many miles away. So um, at that point, like Sam kind of left us there, we decided that we w needed to leave Tazewell, um, mainly just because we needed to be with a community of people. We quickly realized uh, when things were falling apart around us that we could not do this alone anymore. 
And um, so, yeah, uh, luckily I had a friend that had been praying alongside of us um, pretty much through the duration of our time in Taswell. Um, and her name is Sarah Beer. And she had mentioned in a phone call one day, you guys should move to Badatat. <laughs> and I'm like, Sarah, I'm done with small places. Like, <laughs> I'm from the city. We're going back to the city. Um, and she was like, oh, I'll just pray about it. I'll just pray. And she prayed. And um, one thing led to another. And we ended up landing here in Badatat. Um, we actually got to live with the beers for a few weeks, our first, first few weeks in Badatat. And um, that Wednesday, they had just happened to host Life Group. So it was either hang out in our bedroom or go mingle with the random strangers in the living room. <laughs> so that's what we chose. Um, and quickly we began to make friends with that life group. Um, that following Sunday, we tried out church here at Orchard Hills, and it was such a beautiful um, space to come in and already have faces that knew us by name and um, that took a genuine interest in who we were. Mm. And uh, quickly after that, we came up. I don't really know how it happened, stumbled upon a group of friends, uh, roughly our age, um, who just really started asking us intentional questions about our life, about um, where we were coming from, what our story was. Uh, they challenged us uh, on our sin, they encouraged us, um, and they prayed over us pretty fervently. And I think it was their intentionality matched with our vulnerability that friendship began to grow pretty quickly. Um, and those are still some of our closest friends now. Sutton Sutton is one of those friends that have uh, just mm. cheered us on and really challenged us as we um, have gone through the healing process. Um, so yeah, they're still the friends that we do life with today. Uh, we celebrate together, we weep together, um, and it's been a really beautiful, restorative process to be in community here at Orchard Hills. Mm. Yeah, I would say the Lord's really led us into a season of restoration um, using this group of people that we met here. Uh, it's been incredible. That's awesome. Yeah, praise the Lord. Yeah, it's just sweet to have gotten to walk with you guys and to see some of these transformations and, yeah, just to witness the reality of the way that God builds us up and binds us together and, uh, yeah, helps us grow in community really sweet. Um, so final question, how, after experiencing some, some healing um, and kind of getting, getting put back on a, a path to just growing and being more healthy in your relationship with the Lord, how are you guys now um, helping others to, to grow and to experience that kind of community for themselves? Yeah, it's funny that you asked that. I Following Tazewell, I wasn't sure if the Lord was ever going to use me again. Wow. Um, and I know that's not believing in God's grace, and it's not believing in the truth of what he says about me, but that's just where I was. Mm. And praise God, that's not true. Um, it's not true for me, and it's not true for you all. Um, yeah, he has used us uh, in some, some big ways in the past couple of years, and I'm excited to share about that. Um, so... First, we had some friends reach out, um, a couple of different friends uh, who were struggling in their marriages, and we know what that's like. Uh, and so we've gotten to walk alongside them and pray for them and challenge them and care for them uh, in the ways that it was done for us. Yeah. Um, another one is that Lindsay led a women's conference last year, uh, and she's now gearing up to do it again. 
So, shameless plug, women, uh, <laughs> yeah. if you want to be encouraged and challenged and loved on, uh, talk to my wife. She would love to, to work on that with you. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, also, uh, I started a Bible study at work about a year ago, and it's still going strong. There's a regular group of guys that meet every Thursday morning. We dive into the Word together, and it's a gift. Um, another thing is that we serve here. In the children's mm. ministry, we've been doing um, the two-year-olds class for a year now, mm. and it is so fun to run around with you guys, two-year-olds, and hold them when they cry and play with them. Oh, it's the best. Um, mm. Another one that is, is that uh, because we have a gracious and kind life group leader, Matthew Browning, um, I got to lead life group for a semester, and we mm. went through the book of Mark, and we just saw the work in the person of Jesus and and it deepened our relationships in our life group. Um, now, we recently um, have been kind of chosen to serve as prayer ministers. Uh, and it's a gift to be up here with our masks on, um, getting to pray for you guys as you decide to come up. Uh, it is humbling and amazing that the Lord does choose to use us. Mm. Uh, and we're so grateful that that's still true. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, anything else to share, you guys? Yeah, I think my encouragement um, to anyone here is that you would jump into deep, real community. Mm. Um, it was really risky to be vulnerable. Mm. And it was really risky to share the tremendous pain that we were in and that really what our sin had caused a lot of it. Um, but it was so worth it. And we are changed people and we are better followers of Jesus mm. and we know our identity in Christ way more because we got the guts and the courage um, to to invite people into our mess and so yeah I just yeah. challenge um, you all and the congregation to lean in find people that will lean in with you because that will change everything mm. That's awesome. yeah and I would say um, actually the biggest way that the Lord has changed us um, is that we now try and lead in vulnerability. Mm. Um, we didn't do that for so long. I know I didn't for sure. Um, but now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we try and go first because it invites other people into vulnerability. Mm. And so I want to encourage you all to do the same. If you want a deep and meaningful relationship, go first. Say that you're hurting. It's okay. Mm. Uh, and it's good. It'll glorify the Lord. Amen. That's awesome, you guys. Thanks so much for sharing. And um, yeah, it's just a blessing to see the Lord's work in your life. Blessing to be a part of it. It's an honor. Thanks for, for being vulnerable. All right. Well, church, I hope, um, I hope that hearing Sam and Lindsay's story uh, has blessed you. Um, I hope that it's helped you see the power and the beauty of the, the community that God desires his church to be. Um, I hope that it's uh, just stirred a passion in your heart to, to be vulnerable, uh, to take the first step and say, hey, I, I need prayer. Um, I, need, I need accountability. I need, I need encouragement. I'm weak. I'm hurting. Would, would you help me? Would you pray for me? That's what we're here for. That's what church is about. Um, and that's what it looks like to, to grow in Jesus together.
So amen. Thank you guys so much for sharing. Um, the last thing I wanted to say here is just practically, um, if this isn't your reality, if, if you're longing for uh, this kind of community but not experiencing it, then, then what can you do and, and where can you go? So three quick things. One, um, first, come to church. Um, we are here every Sunday, um, <laughs> almost, <laughs> and our hope and our goal is that this time would be a community-building time. Um, our goal through service is not just to entertain you, but, uh, but to equip you. Um, it's not primarily to entertain, but to equip, um, to, to, to build up the body of Christ so that we can all be uh, caring for one another and loving one another. That's what church is for. Um, two, we encourage you to, to get into a life group community. Um, literally, the goal of life groups here at Orchard Hills is that, um, that they would be communities where people aren't just getting together to be friends, although that's important, but where people are getting together around who God is and around the Word of God and letting God and His character uh, shape their relationships. Um, but also, you're not limited to life groups. We 100% want you to get plugged into those, um, but Sam and Lindsay aren't in my wife and I's life group. Um, we're not in their life group. They just pursued our encouragement and help in a, a season of life where they were hurting, um, and then they pursued encouraging us and helping us um, when we were in a hard season of life, uh, struggling through a difficult foster care placement. Um, so, yeah, so it can, ha- it can definitely happen outside of life group, but, but we do encourage you to get involved in those. Uh, we're doing signups right now um, in the month of January. Uh, and to sign up, you can just email John Spees. He's in charge of those. Um, and his email is john, just J-O-N, at orchardhillschurch.org. And then finally, number three, ask Jesus to provide the community that you're longing for and hoping for. If this dynamic, growing, Christ-centered community is God's plan for how you and I are going to grow in Him, then I've got to believe that He has already gone ahead of you. That He's already got good plans for you to to come into a community that's going to help you and build you up and encourage you. And, And part of the cool thing is that Jesus cares more about your spiritual growth than you do. He loves you. He delights in you. He's passionate for you to grow in him and become all that he made you to be, all that he designed you to be, without the brokenness and the wreck of sin. And so I would bet that as, uh, as we've been going through this today, that the Lord has put you on people's hearts uh, to reach out to and to get in touch with. And I would bet, too, that, that as we've been talking about these things, that the Lord has put people on your heart people that you know you need to reach out to and, and either ask if they need help or ask for their help and encouragement. Um, maybe it's a couple you need to have over for dinner. Maybe it's somebody you need to get coffee with. Um, yeah, the Lord puts those things in our hearts, and I would say go for it. Uh, like Sam and Lindsay said, go for it. Be vulnerable. Take the first step um, and begin to build a community that centers around who Jesus is. But just ask him, Just ask the Lord to do it for you. He cares about us, church. We're his body. And so just like a person cares for 
and, and, and nurses a part of their body that might be hurting, Jesus does the same for you because you are a part of his body. He cares for you. He cares if you're hurting and you're broken and Christianity doesn't make sense or your life doesn't make sense anymore. He cares and he wants you to be healed and to be whole and to be headed in the right direction. He loves us, church. And I believe he's got so much more for us to experience as we grow up in him together. Let's pray. Well, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this time. Thanks for the power and, and beauty of your word. Thank you for the power and beauty of uh, testimony. Lord, thanks for Sam and Lindsay um, just having the humility to, uh, to share with us uh, what you've done in their lives. Uh, Lord, we just give glory to you for that. Um, yeah, what a, what a gift just to see your hand at work um, in, in so many sweet ways. Lord, I pray um, that as our church moves forward together, that we would continue to have stories like this of people who took the step, who are vulnerable, who uh, opened themselves up to others and, and just found the, the beautiful, God-glorifying community of life that is your church. Oh, Lord, for the ways that we fail to be this, would you help us? Would you build us up? Would you make us the people that you've called us to be? Lord, would you help us to be committed to, to being here together and also to, uh, to just being vulnerable with each other, to not pretending uh, to play church, for not uh, going to church for years and, and, and never opening ourselves up to someone else to, to see the struggle. Lord, we want to be people um, who are open and honest so that you can do your healing work through this community. So Lord, we pray that it would be so. Um, we are excited for all that you're doing. Uh, we thank you so much for this time of, of worship and um, sitting under your word together. Uh, Lord, we give it to you and we trust you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.